To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode is also brought to you by pbandjoey.com. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for the all-new dark roast coffee. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey, folks, open an account today with Weeble, and with just a $100 deposit, you'll get four free stocks. And if you refer a friend, you'll get two more. Such a simple way to start a portfolio with the power of a desktop, tablet, or cell phone. With Weeble, you'll get zero commission fees, access to pre-market trading, and in-depth analytical tools for more advanced users. If you want to support this program, go to positivesarcasm.com, click on the Weeble banner in the contact section. That way, I'll get free stocks, and you'll get free stocks. Now, that's something most of us can agree on. Terms and conditions do apply. See Weeble.com for more information. Thank you to Weeble, and please trade responsibly. So they're generally hitting the Moscato too because they need something sweet in their lives because their husband is sour. That ring on your finger? Some pygmy died digging that out of a hole for you to say I do and ruin some guys like yeah. Look at that dude. He's got a hernia shaped like a bag of pretzels that he just. You're ate. going to Thailand. You're going to smash some dude. Going over there for guy time, but it's not with his buddies. What does it say on the bottle? Well, if it says that on the bottle, why did you put it on your head? All these actors did was shut their mouths because they didn't want to be run out of Hollywood. Now a bad batch of Chinese food has you blowing insurance premiums on vitamin f***ing D. Really too much. That's what we're I going sound like for Bill here. Maher. Really, John? Really? really? We can't do this anymore, auntie. I'll see you at the bar mitzvah. It's almost like it never existed, but it f***ing did. So do me a favor. Go f*** yourself! Let's do it. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, recorded here from the Sandbox. Like, subscribe, share, donate, PositiveSarcasm.com, slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Oh, my God, I'm dropping stuff all over the place. I'm just curious, how many episodes since the very, very beginning when it was one, it was two guys, then it was three guys, and then it was two guys and one girl, and then it was one guy and one girl, and then one guy and another girl and one guy and another girl, and then it's just me. How many podcasts have I actually done uh, that, let's see here, 260 episodes. How about that? I don't remember doing my 200 episodes. So we're going to 260 episodes, and I got a lot of weird ones for you today. Um, but first, you can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. Uh, Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. Facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. Of course, on Instagram. TikTok, no longer. See you later. Bye. YouTube, positive sarcasm, positive sarcasm podcast, and the all new, well, it's not new, but the newest positive sarcasm reactions uh, at 107 subscribers since I started back in July. That one's growing. It's fun. You know, every time I think there's not enough good music out there that I like to jam out to, uh, I'm proven wrong. Well, then I'm not really trying to go out to be proven wrong. I'm trying to be proven that there's new music out there. Something like that. I don't know. Um, in the meantime, yeah, you can find me there. Questions, concerns, comments, posing music for bodybuilders and competitive fitness shows going on in the United States. Go ahead and email me directly, positivesarcasm.com, or you can just reach me through my website. You can do that, too. Um, go to the contact section. Email me all your questions and concerns there, what you need, when you need it. I'll be happy to entertain it. 
and so far there hasn't been <coughs> well, except for that one girl but it was going through another guy so i was like whatever um besides that one there hasn't been opposing music requests that i haven't been able to fulfill fulfill so there you have it 99 percent kill ratio mm. i gotta turn the music down a little bit on my end so let me just do that there we go i like this chill music i'm enjoying it um housekeeping news uh oh yeah so yeah the sun is out a little more than uh usual this is well bad bad the snow has finally melted here uh at new hampshire's beautiful seacoast area where i'm currently enjoying my time and will continue to uh live in the area for the foreseeable future which is awesome it's going to be an expensive may but hey man if you want to it the, the good a good life is an expensive life in more ways than just money. Uh, but I was, it's freaking weirdest day, uh, as it always is here. Um, taking uh, my pupper for, you know, a little stroll down the boardwalk to take him onto the beach. And he just starts barking. Well, he doesn't do it randomly. I mean, I know when he's going to bark at something because he's, he's a plot hound. Plot hounds are designed to bark. They're hunting dogs. But he starts barking at this. It's, it's a little brisk, especially for some people. Um... He just starts barking at this woman who's wearing a hoodie and a full-size long jacket, and she's got gloves on. And I totally get it because it's still a little crisp in the air, especially in the, in the on the seacoast where, you know, there's no way to stop the breeze. He's barking at her. It's just this this poor woman who's super nice, and I don't know. I guess it's the perfect, you know, spring. You know, the sun is out. It's getting warmer, so, you know, the women over 40 are out in full force, and uh, they come looking for me. That's for damn sure. Well, this one... This poor lady, 71 years old. And, I mean, she happens to be coming in my direction. Chase happened to be barking at her. She's petting him and everything like that. But she's 71. She Obviously, uh, here it comes, the whole life story. 71 years old, twice divorced. First, not twice divorced, excuse me. First husband died. Second husband, at age 71, left her. For another guy. I felt so sorry for her that I almost offered to take her home and give her the high hard one. Oh, honey. Ouch. Ooh, let me move my hip there. Oof. Yeah, there we go. Show me what you got there, rock star. I, I was. I, you do. You almost. Almost. I mean, if she had like a good 401k or maybe like a nice piece of property that she owned all the rights to or maybe some, some buried treasure somewhere. <laughs> you know what? Shit's expensive and it's off. It's definitely worth considering. I mean, come on. Come on. Look at me. Look at me. How could you not? How could you say no to this guy? I know plenty of them have. Um, they can't say no to my lawyer, though. But you know what? Um, that's terrible. That's Imagine that. You're 71 years old. You're in your second marriage. And then um, your husband leaves you for another dude. Man, what a way to go out. Not the best way. Terrible. But she told me her life story. I felt bad. I really did. I wanted to, like, take her out for dinner or, or something. Anything than just, like, oh, I'm sorry. Well, uh, I'm going to leave with my dog now. Good luck. Fucking. <laughs> Mmm, delicious coffee. Burundi blend from uh, Central Africa. Go ahead and check that out. Burundi. It's an actual country, by the way. Uh, I got a lot in the news. Okay, let's get to the first thing. 
maybe we'll get to the Jesse Smollett stuff. Maybe we'll get to the California stuff. Maybe we'll get to Q&A. I want to start with this because we talked about this. Um, we kind of did. We kind of didn't. Well, we were, we were going to talk about it. But then we ended up not being able to talk about it because the segment was pulled due to the fact that the article, uh, even though it was supposedly peer-reviewed, was retracted. So it's like, great. So we'll maybe we'll never know the truth. And I said that yesterday. I go, maybe we'll never know the truth about the ivermectin studies uh, or the new ones coming out. Maybe, you know, because obviously an ivermectin study will never be done by pharmaceutical companies because they will not fund something that they can't make money on. Now, everything I'm saying here is true to the point of it's been peer-reviewed. When it's peer-reviewed and it hasn't been withdrawn, that's pretty much that, okay? You can... um, at this point, what I'm saying to you has been peer-reviewed. So you can put a disclaimer on it. You can throttle it. But you can't ban it. So that's as far as I think you'll go. That's as far as I think you should go. Even, I mean, I don't know why you'd want to, uh, uh, well, I don't know why YouTube or uh, Facebook or Instagram are doing these things. Uh, or whom's doing it. I don't know. Look. That's not for me to speculate. I believe me. I could blame all day long, but I know I have some truth in front of me. And I want to talk to you about it because it's extremely frustrating that somebody who takes care of themselves and really tries to find methods for people to lead lead better lives in so many different ways, not just with supplementation or, uh, uh, or nutrition or lifestyle choices or financial choices. This is one thing that it bothers me that this is people – could have people did die because information was restricted to them and now because one article was peer-reviewed supposedly peer-reviewed but then pulled another one just a few days after that has indeed been peer-reviewed and talked about by dr uh, john campbell who has been a beacon of information uh over the past two years regarding everything covid related um finally we were able to get some some actual studies, real studies, large-scale studies on ivermectin and its actual value. So um, I had the cliff notes here, and I also have the actual article from Curious.com and the actual peer review. Let me get that out of their shit. So basically, this didn't, this is it. Uh, the uh, the study to be, yeah this the peer-reviewed study was originally designed to do uh to basically test to analyze prophylaxis so basically taking it prior to get infected with something but also there's also inf- a ton of information here about what happened if you got covid and you also had ivermectin in your system the percentages of well mortality so now if you don't know what ivermectin actually is i'll give you a quick background all right Ivermectin is a it's different mechanisms the actions that okay that's I'll read it verbatim it has demonstrated different mechanisms of action that potentially protect from both coronavirus disease infection and COVID-19 related comorbidities based on the studies suggested that efficacy and prophylaxis 
Combined with the known safety profile of ivermectin, a citywide prevention program used ivermectin for COVID-19 with the implementation of Itajai, a southern city in Brazil in the state of Santa Clara. The objective of the study was to evaluate the impact of iver regular ivermectin use on subsequent COVID-19 infection mortality rates. Okay, this is not, this is something I was, let's see. Introduction, there's the introduction. So that was the study. Here's the introduction of actually what ivermectin is. It's, um, Paris, it has, Extensive antiparasitic uh, actions, also antiviral, antibacterial, and antiprozoidin properties. It's been long proposed for use as a repurposed antiviral agent. Uh, again, ivermectin has been reported um, highly, highly useful again uh, in RNA and DNA types of viruses: HIV, one, yellow fever, Japanese encephalitis, tick-borne encephalitis, West Nile, Zika, dengue fever. Uh, chikungunya, Venezuelan equine encephalitis, the pseudo-arabes virus, and functioning and regulation of proteins involved in antiviral responses. Okay, there's Nobel there's there's Nobel prizes involved with this goddamn discovery. All right, which I believe it came from Japanese soil. Can you correct me if I'm wrong? But I believe that is where ivermectin was found. So. There were people that also discovered that also talked about this back in August of 2020 about uh, its actual viral antiviral properties, whether it was through prophylaxis use or through uh, taking it in certain doses after you get infected with COVID. Dr. Pierre Corey was the leading guy in that in that field. Now there were other people. Excuse me, sip of coffee. They were also talking about its uses and benefits and stuff like that. But due to certain things like possibly suppression of information, censorship, banning, political pressure, things like hydroxychloroquine, things like uh, monoclonal antibodies, and things like ivermectin were brushed aside, pushed down, or flat out not available for people who actually may have really benefited, it, benefited from it and really needed it. And quite frankly, remdesivir or a uh, remdesivir or in some cases just fucking Tylenol was given to them. They ended up on a ventilator and then they died. They died. Whereas maybe one of these, uh, this, these, some of these medications in conjunction with other supplements could have saved their life. So in conclusion, that's, or that's your introduction to what ivermectin is. And it's generally in very low doses. And this study is based as on a prophylaxis le level of very, very low doses. A an extremely high dose is not one a person would take. They do make ivermectin because it's found to have antiviral and antiparasitic properties in animals, such as dogs, cows, horses. Okay? Which is cool because not only can it be used on humans, it can. It, they found that if you put enough of it through a a canine system or a cow system or a, uh, a horse's system, it has a similar effect. But it started out in humans with all these other, with these viruses and these bacteria that I just previously mentioned. So now we have a study, an actual study, which I have the actual breakdown here of what it was, what it was done. So it was, um, let's see, prophylaxis with known safety protocol of iver, uh, profile of ivermectin study to the study was to evaluate the impact of regular ivermectin this is in africa and brazil 
to evaluate the regular ivermectin use on subsequent COVID-19 infection and mortality rates. The prospect of July of 2020 to December of 2020, so an extended period of time. The entire population of Inajai to a medical visit to enroll in the program. Uh, ivermectin was offered as an optional treatment to be taken for two consecutive days uh, every 15 days at a dose of 0 0.02 milligrams per day. And that's lower. That's lower than the actual standard amount that you would get in like a pill form, which is like six milligrams, depending upon your weight. Um, you can take six milligrams. That's perfectly fine. You could probably take double than that. There's really, there's no reported serious side effects or even minor side effects uh, out there regarding ivermectin and its use. So in everything here, you can look it up. Everything here, you can look it up. But this is a minimal dose, 0 0.02, excuse me, 0 0.2 milligrams per day uh, every 15 days. Two consecutive days every 15 days, okay? Let's continue on. And this is, let's see, the study analysis consisted of ivermectin users with non-users co uh, using cohorts. Here's the results. All right. 223,128 citizens of Itajai considered. 159,561 included in the analysis. 113,845, that's 71.3% regular ivermectin users. 45,000, this is a lot of people. 45,716, that's 23.3% non-users. Of these people... 4,311 of the users of ivermectin were infected. That's a 3.7% infection rate. Okay. So a disease that kills less than 1% of the, po that, that's killed less than 1% of the population, the inf it infected out of the 4,300 people, it's uh, out of the entire group there. So 113,845 took it. 3.7% of them were actually infected. Of the people who didn't take it, that's 3,334 non-users. That's 6.6 were infected. So it's a 44% redu reduction in COVID-19 in the infected. 44%. Okay, so a risk ratio, they call it, of 0.56 the regular use of ivermectin led to a 68% reduction in COVID-19 mortality, according to this study that was taking place in Brazil. Deaths, 25. That's 0 0.8 deaths in the ivermectin group of a disease that kills less than 1% of the population. 79, 2.6% of ivermectin non-users died. So that's an RR of a risk ratio of 0.32, less than 0.0001. When adjusted for residual variables, reduction in mortality rate was 70%. A 70% reduction rate in deaths. 70% reduction rate in deaths. Let's continue further in this study that has been peer-reviewed and is still up at this time. In hospitalization, which is a key one, because what, 
let's not just focus on the deaths. There's hospitalization, which has long side effects after you've been released from the hospital. Long COVID, getting back into regular health, health, or just long-lasting symptoms that just never go away, especially if you have comorbidities. But in hospitalization, there was a 50 per, excuse me, a 56% reduction in hospitalization. 44 in the ivermectin group, 99 in non-ivermectin users. After adjustment for residual variables, reduction in hospitalization was 67%. So less than 0.0001. So in this study, regular use of ivermectin as a prophylactic agent was associated in significantly reduced COVID-19 infection, COVID-19 hospitalization, and COVID-19 mortality. There is a comment here. Basically, if you go to the FLCC website, there's a more in-depth analysis of the Brazil's study. So I'll leave that this comment is valid. The people in the IVM group were significantly older and had more, co had more comorbidities than the uh, non-ivermectin group. Joining the ivermectin group was voluntary. It makes sense. Older people would be more inclined to take a therapeutic than a younger person. The take-home is even though the ivermectin group as a whole was older and less healthy, they had much less hospitalization and death than the non-IVM group. So an older group that was quite possibly more at risk had a bigger success rate. So there it is. Peer-reviewed from Curious. Prophylaxis for COVID-19, citywide perspective, observational study of 223,000, over 223,000 subjects for prophylaxis. If it works for prophylaxis, let's do, well, I mean, there's additional information about what happened after you, if you were infected after you took it. So citing this article, uh, Kier L. Katagiani. Um, and let's see, citywide perspective, observational study. I'm just looking at all this information. Abstract information, that's all there. What actually ivermectin is all about? Uh, preliminary protective effects against severe acute respiratory syndrome, infection reducing the times of clinical recovery rates, and disease progression and mortality. More robust studies with larger sample sizes are still recommended to confirm the possible benefits of ivermectin in COVID-19. Uh, what else do we have here? Since vaccines uh, for COVID-19 were not available in Brazil until 2021, and because of the lack of prophylactic alternatives in the absence of vaccines, Itajai, a city in southern Brazilian state of Santa Catarina, initiated a population-wide government program for COVID-19 prophylaxis. The medical... Uh, let me pop this up on the screen so you can actually see what I'm talking about here. Since the... Da, 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 the medical focus decision parameters established are based on the decision on the distribution of ivermectin to whole populations in different countries. To ensure the safety of the population, a well-controlled computer program was developed to, com to compile and maintain all relevant demographic and clinical data detailed in the materials and methods in this section. The use of ivermectin was optional and based on patients' preferences given its benefits as a preventative agent was unproven. At the time, it was unproven. So they studied the population. They offered a solution. The, the government... The city government promoted it. People took it, and the mortality rate, well improved. So who's lying? At this point, somebody's lying. Not somebody, but a lot of people. What's, um, 
What hospitals are lying? What doctors are lying? What committees are lying? What sections of the government is lying? What nonprofit organizations are lying? What pharmaceutical companies are lying? What political figures are lying? Who's lying? How many of them? How much information did they suppress? What can we do about it? Who should go to jail? If you're suppressing information, you cause death. Look, you, you had information on a pandemic that even though killed less than 1% of the population, there was still 700, it was still several hundred thousand deaths, regardless of that they had comorbidities, regardless of they had, if they died with COVID and instead of in regards of COVID, whether they were killed by Mar, uh, whether they were killed by governor Cuomo because he stuffed them all in a fucking old lady locker room and led them all to their deaths. Cause he just filled them in with sheep. Or he, he fucking covered everybody's face with a ventilator. And then for some reason, they got just cranked it up to nine, damaging their lungs. And the next thing you know, the whole fucking city's dead. I don't know. Regardless of all of this speculation, there was a drug out there or multiple drugs out there that have been on the market forever in a massive pandemic. And instead of pairing this with a vaccine, of pairing this with stuff that was already on the market. And instead of pairing it with that or offering all of them money. It wasn't enough that they had the vaccine free for everybody. They had to uh, they had to try to stuff it down our throats. Now the studies on the vaccines have not been proven in the long term. They will they will. And they will be a tool for a, for a fight. They will be a tool for the fight at a later date. But there are no long-term studies of, our, of how safe they are. Because we don't know the long-term benefits or we don't know the long-term side effects of a vaccine. Or the long-term side effects of uh, taking dosages of hydroxychloroquine. I don't personally. I haven't looked them up. But I know that hydroxychloroquine paired with other medications, saves lives. But with ivermectin, it has been proven that throughout the, the, out the, the, the strands of time, there's been no reported deaths. It's safe. It's effective. Or excuse me, it was deemed extremely safe for use, for prophylaxis use, and for use with other types of diseases and other types of bacteria. And now, these, this study is doing a lot more to confirm that it has some severe, some significant effectiveness against something that they locked us up, that they told us we couldn't go out, that we had to mask up, that we do all to do all this, we had to do all of that. And the massive national security, health and safety, don't kill grandma. This was there the whole time. Okay, a 70, a 70 uh, for something that is made for pennies on the dollar, a pill that is made for pennies on the dollar, Super easy to swallow. Wouldn't think nothing of it. Okay, so let's just say, depending upon genetics, depending upon regions, you've decided you were going to feed this to the entire state, the entire country. If you're telling me, according to this study, that there was a 70% re reduction, I'll go right. I'm going to go look. Let's go look right at the fucking math again. Where is it? Let's go ahead and take a look here. Um, all right. So reduce, reductions in hospitalizations, 67%. So... We had a massive, supposedly, a massive overflow of people coming into the hospitals. All right, what if we just reduced that amount of people flowing into the hospitals by 67%? What if we did that? 
Okay. We had uh, hundreds of thousands of people die in the United States, supposedly, because of this, of this virus. What if we took that and reduced it by 70%? What if we also did this? This other thing here. Uh, let's go all the way to the top. Okay. This is the other thing, too. There was a significant reduction in actual infections. So risk ratio, 56%. Is that correct? But there, okay. So a significant reduction in death, a significant reduction in hospitalization, so the hospitals are not filled up, and a significant reduction in infection, which means you're not infecting somebody else who ends up not getting hospitalized, who ends up not dying. So racks on racks on racks. We could have prevented so much death, so much despair, so much chaos, and even some type of dystopia if we had just allowed for the possibility of a penny-on-the-dollar drug to be distributed among the United States, to be distributed among Europe, to be distributed among Russia, Japan, China, South America, wherever, Africa, where this thing was originally championed, but no, we had to stuff it down, bury it, suppress it, censor it, ban people from talking about it. There you have it. Look, you can only withdraw so many uh, articles for so long. We could have saved... Look, I'm, what I'm talking about here is we could have saved people's lives. Okay. People, and let's not even talk about the deaths. Let's talk about other things. Like, let's say you test positive for COVID, or let's say you get sick from COVID. You now have to miss work. And a lot of people who, when it came to Omicron, got sick and had to miss work, they didn't get any, they didn't get any pay for it. People miss work. They lost paychecks, especially at a time where people were, are living more paycheck to paycheck than ever with Inflation all over the place, affecting every part of a person's life. They need that paycheck. But no, they got to stay out of work for 10 days, 14 days. Or they could have not contracted it and not got, and they was like, okay, well, I, I tested positive. I can go back to work. Nope. Nope. Can't do that. So people died. People lost, had to use PTO or they didn't get paid. So they had to, you know, that could have affected rent. That could have affected grocery buying. That could have affected all kinds of other shit. And people get infected. They spread it. It does happen. It happens with a lot of things. But we could have had a significant reduction in infection rates. And therefore, those people would not have infected, most, like, most possibly, not infected others. What are we doing at this point? Shit just gets more and more ridiculous. When does it stop? But I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you the shit works. That's what it finally, I'm finally able to actually talk about it. I talk, well, I'll talk about it in the sense where this stuff can call, this stuff can help you. This stuff can help you. There are other things that have been out there that talked about that can help you. Like vitamin D and the product and the reduction of a lot of people in the United States, especially, especially considering that the stuff they eat 
whether they think it's organic or not, whether they think they're eating the right amount of calories, the right amount of nutrients, that they look at the label of something and they go, oh, it's got this much vitamin C and this much uh, uh, biotin and this much of that. Is it? Are you sure? Are you sure the actual nutrients are in there? Or is this based on just some standard, you know, health shit? You know, you don't know where it was grown. You don't know if the if the nutrients actually in there is actually in there. It may look like the thing that's supposed to have this much of this and that much, but this much of that. It may not be true. You may just be eating some GMO fucking plastic. And you don't even realize it. So you don't actually not taking in that that proper amount of calories. You may not even actually be taking in the right amount of vitamin whatever. Insert vitamin K. Insert vitamin C. And therefore, you're actually deficient in a shitload of categories. So you can get a lot. You can get sick really easily, and therefore, and you're also not taking the right amount of supplements as well to offset what you're not getting from your food. And you generally don't get your food. You don't generally don't get vitamin D from food. And in the cold winter months, you're also not. You don't get to see the sun. There you have it. All these other things compiled in. God damn it. It's extremely frustrating on so many accounts. We lied. I didn't. I've always tried to tell the truth from day one. I've always tried to be honest about this stuff. I've always tried to come with you with facts. So I'm talking shit. You'll know I'm talking shit. But when it comes to this, this is very important to me because I want people to be healthy. I want people to have information that they can ride on. I want them to know that there are ways there's there's – time-tested things out there that can help you excuse me uh lead a better life be healthier be more active not have to miss a paycheck not have to suffer time at the hospital and not have to worry about possible death at least when it's not according to this i learned very quickly in the pandemic that this was not uh something that i should be so concerned about as nothing more than i might have to miss a few days of work other than that, that was it. That was it. That, that was it. That was all I was concerned about. It's like I might not be able to uh, do stuff for a few days. But people don't know how to suffer anymore. People don't know how to suffer through shit. And it, I just, I don't know. It, it just, Stuff just gets weirder and weirder. And I think at this point, people are just exhausted and then how quickly shit was swept under the rug. And I think to myself, it's like, well, we won't get fooled again. Not this time. This time we won't get fooled. We're getting fooled right now. We're getting fooled with this whole th situation in Ukraine. We've spent probably, what, billions of dollars sending aid and care packages over there. Now, I... I Believe me, arguments to be made either way, but I don't see any of that coming to the people here. I don't. We're getting lied to again. And believe me, at the end of this at the end of this year, there's a very strong possibility that the news will start ramping up, that governments will get tighter, and that the narrative will start driving harder. The next thing you know, you start seeing more mask mandates. You start seeing that that fear rising up. 
We fall for it every fucking time. And it's not just about viruses. It's about so many other things. And it's like, God damn it, people. You don't realize that they're just trying to instill fear. The minute they can instill fear in the populace, the minute they can control your actions. Every time. When you know that the majority of things that you could take care of yourself, you just look at these people telling you to be scared and do this and do that and basically lice all your way through life. It's like, get the fuck out of here. You've been lying to me since the beginning of time. I'm not falling for it anymore. I'm not. I'm not. I've seen the escape hatch. It's called Fort Lauderdale. And I know when if I have to, if I have to pull that ripcord and jump out of here because so many people are fucking dumb up here, then I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll move down to DeSantisville and live my life down there where at least I can just live my life and I don't have to worry about these bullshit guidelines. Believe me, it's, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, we have a lot of people up here who don't fall for this shit, but we have so many surrounding states that do. And the question to myself and the question to you is how long are we going to fall for it? Or how long can we hold on until these idiots from other areas just swallow us whole? Because a lot of other people are just are fleeing these other states because these other states are just so ridiculous. We don't know how to combat it anymore. We don't know how to get rid of these people. Hopefully there is a solution at the end of the year, but I don't know. I mean, speaking of idiots, I mean, I've talked about California ad nauseum as far as being it is basically it's a whole nother country and its massive populace lives in a giant shithole. They can't leave anything good alone. They can't. They really can't. I mean, they're already shitting. I mean, there's a news article my associate producer sent me about something to do with Chick-fil-A about how apparently it's a public nuisance or I don't know, this is from CBS. So I'm gonna, let's pull this up because what the freak? So... CBS News by Kate Gibson. California City may declare Chick-fil-A as a public nuisance. As if they didn't have anything else to do. Hundreds of thousands homeless. Massive taxes. Massive crime. Lack of police officers. And still emergency emergency powers granted to the governor. And this is what we're working on. So this this is in a Southern California city. All right, well, let's take a look here. Chick-fil-A is causing some squawking. Ha, 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 In Southern California, one of multiple locations across the U.S. where the fast food chain is finding itself to be a victim of its own success. In Santa Barbara, the city is closing... Is city to cl- the city is close to dubbing its sole Chick-fil-A a public nuisance due to the long drive through lines that often is cars filled with hungry customers backed into the street for hours at a time. You have to understand, to get a permit to build anything in California is a fucking red tape nightmare. You allowed this to be happening. You knew very well that Chick-fil-A or In-N-Out Burger is an extremely popular location that you knew that there'd be tons of cars and people uh, swamping to this place. And yet your your DMV lines are two and a half years long, but yet... One of your main producers, Chick-fil-A, you're shitting all over? That doesn't make any sense. You approved the plans for this place to be built in such a way that maybe you should have thought ahead. Well, this place, Chick-fil-A especially, or In-N-Out, has long lines. 
wouldn't you think maybe we should set up so if they have super long lines that it doesn't fall it doesn't flow into the actual area of traffic maybe we should actually set it up so it's like inside of a parking lot so when people pull in you know maybe architectural forethought but no it's california especially southern california where traffic makes no fucking sense traffic moves backwards in southern california the eatery known for its waffle fries and chicken sandwiches has had a restaurant in santa barbara since 2013 drawing a steady flow of patrons whose vehicles block nearby driveways and sidewalks and make city buses and emergency vehicles find other routes according to city officials who are most likely overpaid uh, Chick-fil-A's drive-thru lanes heighten the odds of traffic collisions and pedestrians getting injured. At peak volume, the drive-thru blocks one lane of traffic for as much as 90 minutes on weekdays and as much as 155 minutes on Saturdays, according to City Traffic Report. Quote, the, city traffic, the city's traffic engineer, police chief, and community development director have evaluated the situation and believe that the persistent traffic backup onto State Street is a public nuisance and that the nuisance is caused by the operation of a drive through at a Chick-fil-A restaurant that you approved the plans on for it to fucking be there in the beginning. Kristen Snidden, some dumb bitch member of Santa Barbara City Council, believes that restaurant may have outgrown the location that the problem can't be fixed. Outgrow the location that you approved on for the begin with that you knew it was probably going to outgrow. It shouldn't outgrow anything. It's Chick-fil-A. It has the big one of the biggest large the one of the best reputations for fast or fast food in the United States. You should have planned on this from the beginning. If a Chick-fil-A food truck pops up at a mall, you there's gonna be a line of people and a line of cars to empty that truck out. You know this. You should plan for that. You're a city engineer. You're a city planner. You're a city council member. You should know this. You should understand that. It's called planning ahead. If you do it, this type of shit doesn't happen. Chick-fil-A is a good problem here. They are so successful, they have outgrown their site. It is possible that they were oversized for that site to begin with. Oh, really? All right, maybe I shouldn't have called her a dumb bitch. Maybe she hasn't been there since 2013. The sex, I maybe jumping on there. That success is reflected in a long drive through lines as Chick-fil-A elsewhere around the country. Quick service restaurant, trade pub QSR, listed Chick-fil-A as having the busiest drive through windows of the national chain in the 2019 study. At the city council session, Stedden and other members unanimously approved moving towards a public Potential public nuisance designation. Chick-fil-A representative asked the council to delay the nuisance designation and give additional time for work on the fixing the problem. The council agreed to continue a public hearing until June 7th. Travis Collins, a franchise operator of the restaurant, said a neighbor said in a statement emailed to city CBS's Money Watch by Chick-fil-A that he wants to be a good neighbor, in quotes, and was continuing efforts to ease the traffic issues. That includes hiring additional staff and third-party traffic control, he said. Um, for... Some people living nearby, wah, the traffic issue has been brewing for years, and it's only later the problem is getting serious, the attention of the city and the company. In the past, it felt, quote, in the past, it felt like complaints were taken half seriously. Well, that's pretty much California in general. Residents Brick Clawson told the Los Angeles Times, over the years, you've had Chick-fil-A putting together their fixes that really did not do much to fix the traffic, but then you had the city coming forward with, the, with a possible nuisance title, and the corporation is saying, oh, my goodness, please just give us more time to solve this. drive through businesses, as usual in Santa Barbara, uh, as the city has prohibited their construction for, four, for more than four decades. But Chick-fil-A is grandfathered into the location, as it was previously a Burger King drive through with nothing like the current traffic. So you approved, a, you approved a restaurant that has a much greater success rate 
much better reputation and has a reputation for having longer drive-thrus and much more traffic. So you approved it, but you didn't do anything to, to change the location or you didn't give them any stipulations that in order to be in Santa Barbara, you had to make sure that there, if it was a, if you were anticipating a 90 minute freaking wait, that you would have substantial room for traffic to flow. You didn't think about that. You just wanted their money. Chick-fil-A's long drive through ruffles and feathers. Elsewhere, business owners in Toledo, Ohio, Beaumont, Texas, and Union, New Jersey all have sued Chick-fil-A in 2020 after alleging that long drive through lines were turning away customers, according to Insider. The publication also reported finding dozens of such complaints, police interventions, and significant traffic woes related to Chick-fil-A's drive through lines in more than 20 states in recent years. In Norwalk, so they're freaking successful. What do you want me to tell you? Why do you think Dunkin' Donuts has so many goddamn locations? Because they're so goddamn successful. Chick-fil-A is proposing that, it's, that it get rid of an existing drive-through and rebuild it on the other side of the building to ease traffic backups occurring since it's opened two years ago. One of the issues behind the congestion is that this is the only Chick-fil-A around. Uh, and this is an attorney for Chick-fil-A. Uh, she told the city zoning commission last year, the closest around are Danbury and Brookfield and traffic to get to anywhere in LA or in Southern California is hours, not minutes, hours. Folks really like this product. The customer service seems to be going along with it. I can agree. Same thing with uh, with In-N-Out. You go to In-N-Out, there's tons of people inside, but that food's cranking. Folks really like this product and the customer service that goes along with it. It's very popular. Connecticut, Brookfield city officials last adopted you to build an extra lane for cars crossing into the Chick-fil-A entrance with the federal government picking up 80% of the tab. Okay. Because they'll continue to collect the taxes that Chick-fil-A is providing to them. And people are staying in that town instead of going out of town to go get Chick-fil-A. Uh, another state in Fairfield, November, denied the chain's proposal to take over a former restaurant with officials saying that they made the decision after considering Norwalk's experience with the chain. Traffic also regularly causes congestion near Chick-fil-A close to one of the busiest intersections in Brooklyn. New York slowing vehicles to a crawl and causing backups. That's Brooklyn. That's Brooklyn. Don't know what to tell you about that one. Efforts to mitigate the problem, including placing metal barriers in the street to deter people from double parking, have only been partially successful, according to one local resident. That's one local resident. There's meddling kids. In Redding, California, a newly opened Chick-fil-A drew a long line of cars in March of last year, according to an affiliate, and a police issuing traffic alert to heat off congestion outside the eatery. That's freaking awesome. So what do you expect at this point? It's Chick-fil-A. You know, you know that this place is super popular, that their sandwiches are super popular, that they put out a good product and they put it out as quick as any company can without jeopardizing the quality of their product. And still, at the end of the day, you're like, bring them in. We want their money. Let's worry about the traffic later. And then finally, when they're making all this money, they're called, it's like, oh, now they're a public disturbance. Your traffic sucked to begin with. Your DMV is a fucking public hassle, is a public nuisance, excuse me. You're telling me that uh, all the protests during, the, uh, during 2020, those weren't a public nuisance? No. Burned down city blocks in Seattle, not a public nuisance. Nah. Your infrastructure... Your your freaking your your uh your city district, your downtown financial district, that's not a public nuisance. Your uh the homeless section, 
the homeless population, which is basically all of Southern California now, they took over city blocks. It's not just the Rampart Division. It's not just Skid Row. It's all of Southern California, basically. You're telling me that's not a public nuisance? You're telling me that's not something? Chick-fil-A. For all the problems that are in California, let's blame it all on Chick-fil-A in Santa Barbara. What are we talking about? What? I mean, oh my God. See, we have our priorities so ass backwards. A delicious sandwich is all to blame for the problems in California. Not the ridiculous amount of taxes. Not your shitty governor. Not your severe homeless problem. Okay? Not the fact that it's probably going to fall in the ocean in the next fucking 10 years. Not the fact that the infrastructure is failing. No. None of that. None of that. Not the fact that your a lot of your city councilmen are way overpaid and accomplish nothing. None of that. It's all... It's... Everything to blame on a chicken sandwich. I don't know what else to say beyond that. It's baffling at this point. I may just end this podcast right here. Um, I need to end it on a good note. So let me end it on a good note. I'll end. I'm just going to close up shop and end on a good note. I'm sentencing you to... 30 months felony probation, and the probation is going to be to this court. I am not suicidal, and I am innocent. I could have said that I was guilty a long time ago. You are convicted of a class four felony. It's presumptively probationable, but we have some real serious aggravating factors here. Your premeditation, which I've described. The pain you've caused to real victims of hate crimes, which I've described. The damage you've done to the city of Chicago, I've heard. It's been, it's been talked about. I'm mindful of the city's request for restitution. And I, I, if I'm going to fashion that, uh, consider that request, I have to fashion the sentence accordingly. And above all, the capper of all cappers, your performance on the witness stand. This could only be described as pure perjury. You got on the witness stand. You didn't have to. You did. You certainly have a right to. But you committed hour upon hour upon hour of pure perjury and i find all those to be ample factors if this court were to decide that the things you did that any kind of probationary sentence would deprecate the seriousness of the offense and you need to go to the penitentiary there the record is clear and it would support it but i'm looking at everything in its totality and i agree it's told to me today you can't judge everybody by one bad thing they've done in their life. I don't know if it's the only bad thing, but it's the only bad thing that I'm concerned about now. And that you do have quite a record of real community service and quite a record of attaching with people. There is a lot of mitigation in this case as well. And I'm mindful of the pleas of mercy, particularly from people that are in the arena of dealing with social justice issues that are fighting, seriously fighting, not playing around, not doing games like you are doing but seriously fighting for uh, matters involving hate crimes of, of all sorts. And they're asking you for mercy as well. So I'm trying to consider who you are as a person, how you got here, how somehow you strayed away from your family values, you let that dark, narcissistic, selfish, and arrogant side come out, and you persisted with it for years on this case, I'm fashioning the following sentence, and here's your sentence. I'm sentencing you to 
30 months felony probation, and the probation is going to be to this court. You're going to be allowed to travel wherever you want. You do not have to live in the state of Illinois. You can report by phone. I know that uh, if you're going to try to make a living and do some of the things you do, you may have to go to uh, other uh, places, New York and Los Angeles. You can do those things. You will pay restitution to the city of Chicago in the amount of $120,106. You are fined $25,000, which is the maximum fine. And you will spend the first 150 days of your sentence in the Cook County Jail. And that will start today, right here, right now. Mr. Smollett, though the jury found you guilty and I've sentenced you as I have, you have the right to appeal the findings and rulings of the court or ask your sentence be modified. To do those things, you need to file a notice of appeal in writing within 30 days. You may also file a motion to modify your sentence, which would have to be filed in writing within 30 days. Anything not stated in those filings are waived for purposes of appeal. You cannot afford lawyers or transcripts. They would be provided for your charge. Do you have any questions? Enjoy jail time, you fuck.